Hello and welcome. I'm Pastor Vince, and this is Applying God's Word, a Bible teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 63 titled, Christian Faith and Death. Two weeks ago today, the world watched in horror as a 12-story condominium building here in the United States collapsed without warning as residents slept in their beds. Suddenly, death and shock, grief and despair invaded the hearts and minds of a great many people as the death toll began to rise. Our prayers continue to go out to all those who suffered loss in the Miami tragedy. We all have loved ones and friends who have died or will die, and we too must die. Sometimes we say that a person died too young or through unfair circumstances, as in the recent tragedy. And although we accept that death is in the future of us all, it's still difficult to think about. So how are we to think about and deal with death, be it the death of a loved one or our own death? Some of us begin to consider our own death when we reach an age and comment, I have more years behind me than in front of me. The question of death has caused some confusion among God's people. Some have said that since Christ defeated death, we're supposed to be joyful and victorious through it all. They deny the process of grieving. Others are quick to explain how God will work it all together for good, which is true. But we still grieve and feel the pain. In Genesis chapter 23, Abraham the man of faith loses his wife, Sarah. His response reflects both realism and faith. It's interesting that only two verses deal with Sarah's death and Abraham's grief, whereas 18 verses deal with his negotiations to secure a burial plot. So why is so much space devoted to that which, at first glance, seems insignificant? The answer is given in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16, which talks about Abraham and Sarah's faith. Verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. It is significant that just preceding the death of Sarah is the news from Abraham's homeland of the children born to his brother Nahor. In that day, it was important that a person be buried in his native land. It would have been easy for Abraham, with news from the family in his homeland, to have thought when Sarah died, 
I must take her back there to bury her. But God had called Abraham to the land of Canaan and promised to give it to him and his descendants. Verse 2 states that Sarah died in the land of Canaan. Verse 19 states that it was in the land of Canaan that Abraham secured the burial site for her. So the point of emphasizing Abraham's efforts in securing a burial plot in the land of Canaan is to show his faith in God's promise as he dealt with Sarah's death. The field and cave of Machpelah was the only piece of real estate in Canaan Abraham ever owned, and he had to pay the going price for it. But in so doing, he was saying, I believe that God will do as he promised. Abraham dealt with Sarah's death realistically, but with solid faith in God's promises concerning the future. That's how we must deal with death. Death is the ultimate test of our faith. Being a faithful Christian doesn't exempt us from death unless we are living when Christ returns. We can't escape it or postpone it when it's our time to go. As Christians, we need to view death realistically. That means that we recognize death for what it is, an enemy that entered the human race as God's curse on our sin. It is not, as some say, a natural part of life. It is our enemy. When the Bible says that Christ abolished death in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, it means that he broke its power over believers. Christ's resurrection triumphed over death, but that victory will not be fully realized until he returns to give us resurrection bodies like his own. Until then, death is our enemy a painful reminder of God's judgment on our rebellion against him. We are not supposed to smile and say it doesn't hurt. Death brings hard realities. There is the reality of loss and grief. Even though Sarah lived a relatively long life, 127 years, Abraham mourned and wept when she died. It's never easy. There is nothing unmanly or unbiblical about tears in a time of grief. Jesus himself wept at Lazarus' tomb. Paul tells us to weep with those who weep in Romans 12, verse 15. We should not make people who are grieving feel uncomfortable or unspiritual about their tears. There is also the reality of loneliness, as the loved one is no longer with us. Abraham and Sarah had shared their whole lives together. She had shared his anxieties as they moved into the land of Canaan. She had waited with him over the years as they longed for God's promised son. Together they had seen that son grow into a 37-year-old man at the time of her death. So when Sarah died, Abraham was left with a gaping hole in his life while he had Isaac, and he had the Lord, and he later remarried, nothing could fill up the hole left when Sarah died. Death brings the pain of loneliness into our lives. Death, even for believers, brings hard realities. It always hurts. It always leaves us with a lonely spot in our hearts. It often brings hard financial realities. 
The Lord does not spare us these things just because we believe in him. But with the pain, which reminds us of our sin as the reason death entered this world, he gives us the hope of his promises. Christ died for us so that the sting of death is gone. Yes, we grieve at the death of loved ones, but we do not grieve as those who have no hope. We are told this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. We will be reunited with our loved ones who have fallen asleep in Jesus, and we should take comfort in this as we move through our grief.